2 um, Corinthians chapter 12, said, Paul says this. He says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations that the Lord has given me, a thorn of the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above all measure. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And listen, this is what the Lord responded back and spoke to Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength, God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so in those areas where we are weak, it's where God can come and show his strength through us. Too often, so many times, we work so hard, we strive so hard, we try so hard, when we rely on him, it's God's strength working in us to get us through whatever it is that we struggle with, whatever it is that comes against us. It comes back to a trust issue. It comes back to relying on God, knowing that he's the one who fights for us. He's the one who wars for us. It's not to say that we don't have to get up. It's not to say that we don't have to, you know, put on our boots in the morning and, and do, do the do the battle, but we trust him to bring the victory. We trust him to bring the victory every day. We trust him to see it through every single day. We trust him no matter the circumstance. We trust him no matter what, what the situation look like, looks like all around us. It, we trust him though there's 10,000s and times 10,000s gathered around us because when the eyes of our spirit are open, there are more for us than there are against us. It may be you against 10,000, but when, your eyes, when the eyes of our spirit are open, we will realize there are more for us than there are against us. Yeah. Glory to God. Come on, I just want to encourage you this morning to trust God. Put your faith in God. Put your hope in God. Don't give up. Don't give up. Psalm 139, David says, where can I go? Where can I flee from your spirit? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go to and dwell in the midst of hell, even there you're... Even, even there you are with me. If I go and dwell in the other, other parts of the sea, even there your hand shall guide me. If I hide myself in the darkness, David says, even there the darkness shall be as light to you. There's no place that I can go where I can hide from God. It can't be done. It can't be done. He's one for us. He is the champion. He is the champion. He fights for us while we rest. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Good stuff. All right. Hey, I'm excited about this sermon series. Church, this is the way. And so why are we, why are we doing this sermon series? Because church is important. Church is important. Church is something that we must do as Christians. It's not optional. We all know, I'm sure we all know as Christians, we probably all know someone who calls themselves a Christian and yet they don't go to church. We all need to go to church, and here's why. This, that's this sermon series in a nutshell. Church, this is the way. This is the way for us as, a, as believers to come together and to have the victory. And so last week, I kicked this message off. I went through, I gave you seven different points. This week, we're going to focus in on just one of those points. Today, we're going to talk about help. I need help. We need help. We all need help. At one point in your life, everyone needs help. At some point in your life, you're going to need help. At some point in your life, you have needed help. At some point again in your life, you're going to need help. 
know what we're going to do? We're going to do get help. I don't like that. That's embarrassing. You have a better idea? No, we're doing it anyways. Get help. Some of you get the reference. It's okay. Get help. Sometimes so often we need to get help, guys. We need to avail ourselves of the help that is available within the church. And there's a couple of problems. Hang on one second. Let me see what I, I, I can't see my notes here for some reason. Oh, I know what I did. Bear with me. There we go. Help. Get help. It's better. It's better when I do it right. Okay. So there's two problems with help, right? There's two problems with us needing help. The first problem is we don't like accepting help. Why? Because we have pride. The second problem, there's a second problem. First problem is we don't like accepting help. The second problem is we don't like offering help. (laughs) There are two problems on the opposite side of the help issue. The first issue is we don't like to accept help. The second issue is we don't like to give help. Both of them are pride. Let's, Let's boil that down. As we all know, pride is just the root of every single type of sin. So let's boil that down just a little bit more. We don't like accepting help from others because of pride, because of vainglory. What will they think of me if I let them help me? (laughs) Allowing someone to help you can be a very humbling experience. And that's good. We need to be humble. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We need to be humble. We don't like to offer help for a few reasons. Envy, greed, and sloth. Right? We don't like to offer somebody help because envy says, why would I help that person? They're, they're, they're not even deserving of help. That's envy. Why would I help that person? I don't have time for that, and if I help them, then I can't do what I have to do. It's greed. These are the thoughts that we all think. And then the last one is sloth. God tells you to help somebody, and you're like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to put forth all that effort. That's just sloth. Lazy about the demands of love. Love demands that we help. Love puts a demand on us that we help others. We're going to see this in the Word today. And so these are the things that we fight against when we look to help others. We are all going to need help at some point in our life. All of us have had help at some point in our life. And I pray to God that if you are not in a place where you need help, that you are in a place where you are giving somebody else help. And so that we should never be in neutral. We should never be in neutral. We should always either be receiving help or giving help. And here's, here's the beautiful thing is that sometimes we can be receiving help and giving help at the same time. We can be receiving help in one area of our life, and we can be giving somebody help in a different area of our life. Maybe we need help emotionally. Maybe we need help with somebody that needs to, we need, just need somebody to listen to us. But God has blessed us with finances, and we can help someone financially. So you can be receiving help in areas that you need, and you can be giving help in areas where you're abundant. And this is the body of Christ. This is what we've been called to. This is Acts 2. We just help one another. I want to read a story 
from the Bible, and uh, we're going to talk about it, and then we'll, we'll stop and go back. I want to read the account where they lowered the man through the roof for Jesus to heal him. It says this, Luke chapter 5, it says, Now it happened on a certain day as Jesus was teaching that the Pharisees were there and the teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Watch this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And so Jesus is teaching. The Pharisees are there. The teachers of the law are there. The, the story tells us that there's such a crowd of people gathered around that you can't even get in the house. And it says that the presence of God was present to heal them. So the presence of God was present to heal, but nobody's making, nobody's taking opportunity of the healing presence that's there. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before Jesus. So then these guys show up with a man on a mat. They want to bring him to Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and they let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man on the mat, man, your sins are forgiven you. This is a beautiful thing. When Jesus saw the faith of those friends, those four crazy friends who decided to cut a hole in the roof to bring him to Jesus, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man who was sick, because of their faith, he said to the man who was sick, be healed. Your sins are forgiven you. Jesus spoke to the man on the mat because of his, the faith of his friends. Glory to God. Sometimes we need friends. Sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need help. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, there we go, Jesus is reading their thoughts. And so when Jesus read their thoughts, uh-oh, Jesus answered and said to them, <laughs> Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? This is awesome. I keep pausing through the, through the text just because it's necessary. Jesus says, what's easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or take up your bed and walk? And I've, this has puzzled me for years. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm going to have to ask. I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, let's boil this down. Your sins are forgiven you. That's five words. Rise up and walk. That's four words. It seems to me, Jesus, that rise up and walk is easier to say. It's four words, and they're four smaller words. Rise up and walk. None of the, they're all four-letter words. Your sins are forgiven you. You've got two four-letter words and a, a what's that, a five, six, seven-letter word? Like, I, I'm thinking that it's easier to say, rise up and walk. I'm like, I just, what are you saying, Jesus? I, I, how many of us are troubled and don't fully understand the parables? Every hand in the room should be up right now, because you don't. <laughs> we don't. Even after we've read them all and read all of the commentaries on all of them, and we understood what everybody said, we still don't understand them. And so what's Jesus saying here? He's saying, hey, listen. It's no easier for me to heal your body than it is to forgive your sins. 
It comes back to sozos, right? We go to James and it says, let the prayer of the elders, it will heal them. It actually says in New King James, the prayer of, the, the prayer of faith will, heal, will, will save the sick. But the, sa- the word save there is sozos. And so sozos means to deliver from, uh, to forgive sins, to deliver from demonic oppression, and to heal the physical body. And so it's all in one. Jesus doesn't separate these three out. And so when he says what's easier, he says, listen, I said one, and I meant all three. I meant when I said that your sins were forgiven, that you're actually healed too, and delivered of anything, any kind of oppression. And so it's just as easy for me to say your sins are forgiven as it is to say you're healed. There's no difference. It's like saying one or uno. It's the same. I hope I said that right. It's the same. And then Jesus says, but but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up upon, took up what he had been laying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. Everyone in the house was amazed. And they glorified God, and they were filled with fear, that's reverential awe, saying, we have seen strange things today. Come on. Oh, that we might see strange things when we come to the house of the Lord. Amen? Come on. Come on. And so this is a fantastic story of healing in the Bible. It's one of my favorites. I love it. There are so many dimensions to this story that it's very easy that we overlook a very significant part, the four friends who bring this man on the mat. So let's look at that same portion of text uh, in Mark, Mark 2, 3 through 4. It said, then they came bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when, so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. This is great. This is great. And so this guy that was paralyzed and lying on the mat, he needed help. There was no way that this guy that was laying on the mat was getting to Jesus on his own. He couldn't do it by himself. Guys, church, there are things that we cannot do on our own. There are things that we have to have four friends come alongside us and pick us up on our mat. Maybe you're not paralyzed in the natural, but you may be paralyzed in the physical. You may be, paraly- you may be spiritual. You may be, you may be paralyzed some other way. You may need four friends to come around you in the spiritual realm and pick you up and carry you to Jesus. My name is Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt Medic. I'm a medic. My family's all medics. Wherever two of us are gathered, there is a pair of medics. This joke has been following me since the third grade. And so if I'm a medic, what is the job of a medic? Let's go to, how many of you watched MASH, right? Who were the medics? The medics were the people who ran out into the battlefield, who picked up the wounded, and they brought them back to the doctors, right? 
the people that drive around in ambulances, right? They go to the people who are in great need, they pick them up, they stick them in the ambulance, and they get them to the hospital. This is my job. As a medic, my job is to take people who are sick and to get them to the physician who can heal them, Jesus. This is my only job, to get you to him. Just like these men on the format, my job, your job, you're all medics. You're all medics in the kingdom. Get someone to Jesus. It's not me that does any of the healing. It's Jesus that does the healing. It's not me that does the deliverance. It's not me that does the saving. It's Jesus. It's always Jesus. My job is simply to get people there. Makes it simple. I like simple. So we got four men. Four men come and they carry this guy to Jesus. Four men come and maybe they're medics for this man. Awesome. So who were these four guys? First guy, he's the idea guy. I don't know, I don't know how this story went down, but let's just extrapolate a little bit, right? Somebody's there and they're at this house and they see Jesus teaching and they see the crowd gathering. And you know, I'm I'm thinking that this idea guy, he has a sense of something that's going on in the spirit. And he says, listen, Jesus is teaching. And I heard that he was teaching in the other village and someone got healed. And you know, we remember Billy. Billy's laying up there on the mat and he's sick and he can't get up. I've got an idea. Come on, guys. We're going to go and we're going to go out, Billy, and we're going to carry him back and, and Jesus is going to heal him. We need an idea guy. One of the four people in your life, you need an idea guy. Somebody who's got crazy ideas. Listen, I got an idea. We're going to do this, and it's going to work. Okay. Inspiration. This guy, this idea guy, they're heavy on inspiration. They get God ideas. Listen, we're just going to go downtown, and we're just going to walk the streets, and we're going to meet people, and we're going to tell them about Jesus, and they're going to get saved. Beautiful. Come on, we need those idea guys. There's another guy. There's a second guy here. They're the innovator. Let's go back to the story. We're going to go grab Billy. He's laying up there on his mat, and we're going to bring him to Jesus. They go grab Billy. They carry him back to the house, and now the crowd is so big, they can't even get near the place. Not only is this whole room filled, but the, the doors are open, and people are standing outside to listen. It's so packed. I'm prophesying about what it's going to look like in a couple of weeks. They can't get in. They can't get into place. They can't even get near Jesus. And the innovator says, hey, I've got, I've got a solution to this problem. Let's go chop a hole in the roof. There's nobody on the roof. Let's go chop a hole in the roof and let's, let's just drop them on down. Let's just drop them right on down in front of Jesus. Well, will get his attention. Then he'll do something. That'll be, that's what we ought to do. This guy's an innovator. Nothing's going to stop this guy. He's got a solution for every problem. You need an innovator in your life. We need to be innovators for others. Third guy, he's the investor. This is, a, this is quite a project, okay? So Billy's out there. He's laying on his mat. It's probably his mat. We'll call it his mat. He's got the mat. But when they show up at the house and there's no way for them to get in, they got to get up on the roof. That's a great job. That's a great idea, in innovator guy. Go up on the roof. How are we going to get up there? We're going to need ladders, the investor guy's like, yo, I got it. I got the ladders. Buys the ladders. All right, maybe there's a staircase. They get up on the roof, and they're like, we're going to chop a hole in the roof. Wait a minute. 
This could get expensive. We go chopping holes in roofs. Who's going to pay to fix this? Investor guy says, I got this. I'll pay for that. I'll pay for the repairs. Listen, I just want to see this happen. Listen, I'll cover the bill. There's always an investor guy when God's involved. You know why? Because God wants to see things happen, and God will pay for things to see, to see things happen. God has a way. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The sheep are mine. The gold is mine. It's all mine, says the Lord. Everything's his. And so there's always an investor guy. Somebody's always ready. If it's a God idea, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. I'm here in New York. It's more expensive to live in New York than it is in other areas. God's called me here. God, it's more expensive to live here. It's your will for me to be here. It's your will. It's your bill. You pay my bills. Okay. Done. Last guy, who's this fourth person? The intercessor. Listen, nothing of consequence with God ever happens without intercession. Nothing of consequence with God ever happens without intercession. Nothing of consequence ever happens without some prayer, without a lot of prayer. If we want to see anything happen with God, we have to pray. We have to bathe it in prayer. We have to be people who are about prayer. And so I'm sure this first guy, the idea guy, he says, hey, listen, we're going to go grab Billy. A couple people hop on and they just start praying. They pray the whole way. God, I don't know how we're going to get him in there, but God, make a way for us to get him in there. God, I don't know if I can carry Billy the whole way in, but God, give me the strength to carry Billy the whole way. God, I don't know how, what we're going to do if, if this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen. God, I pray right now that when we bring Billy back to Jesus, that he's just healed. And so they're praying the whole way. They're praying the whole time. Ephesians t- teaches us, pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Just don't, just don't end the prayer. Just keep praying constantly. Pray the whole way. Looks impossible. God, you need to do this. God, you need to help. God, give us some more people to help. I don't know. Can we carry them up on our own? Do we need somebody else to help? Help, help, help. We need the intercession. There's a song by Michael W. Smith. It's, um, it's an old song. And it goes, uh, it's, I will carry you to Jesus on my knees. You guys know this song? It's a good, it's a good old song. And it's all about this active intercession for others. I will carry you to Jesus on my knees. I will get you to Jesus because I'm going to pray you there. Guys, don't ever overlook the power of prayer. People have been brought to Jesus. People have been brought to the Lord through prayer alone. Through prayer alone. People have been healed by Jesus, by other people praying for them alone. Prayer changes the atmosphere. Prayer brings God on the scene. Prayer is what makes available to us all of the resources of heaven. Guys, all of the resources of heaven are at your disposal. They're all there waiting for you to use. And it's through intercession, it's through prayer that we make the resources of heaven available to come and affect the here and now, to affect the natural. To affect the natural. Intercession will save people. Intercession alone will save people. If you have a family member or a loved one that you want to come to to Jesus, just start to pray. Just start to pray. Grab someone else. Write it down on your engage card. Pray. Just begin to pray. This is what will bring people into the kingdom, prayer. 
prayer, the prayer of the righteous, prayers soften the heart of unbelievers. Listen, we live today in a day, the days that we live in are days that are filled with sorrow, whether you feel them or not. I don't feel the sorrow very often because I'm full of the joy of the Lord. But when I pray and I intercede and I, ask, and I begin to ask God, God, what's going on in these days? The days that we live in are filled with sorrow. And, but sorrow, godly sorrow, leads to repentance. And so we stand in a moment of opportunity, church, where we can easily bring people to Jesus. We need to pray for them, and we just need to invite them. God will turn their hearts. God will turn that sorrow that they're feeling into godly sorrow that leads to repentance. And when it leads to repentance, it leads to the salvation of their soul. Praise God. Praise God. And so this is the moment of time that we live in. This is the moment of time that we find ourselves in. And so maybe you're here today and, and you don't know. You don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You know, maybe somebody brought you here. Maybe somebody invited you here. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're watching with us online simply because somebody invited you. But that somebody, what you don't know is that that somebody's been praying for you for years to accept Jesus. Today could be the day of salvation for you. What would stop you from accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? The Bible tells us that we are all sinners. We're all sinners. Every single one of us, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins and for yours. And so if you're watching at home or if you're here today, you've never made Jesus part of your life, I want to invite you to do that right now. Somebody's been praying for you. Somebody's been praying that you would come and that you would make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. If you want to do that today, I want to pray for you. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would come and forgive me of my sins, that you would live inside my heart, and that you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask you to do uh, one thing. It's uh, if you're here with us, I want you to check on your Engage card. Today, I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you're watching at home, you're filling it out on home, you can, do, you can click on that same box. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you guys can email the church at info at redeeminglovechurch.org. Send me your name, send me your address. I'd like to send you guys some information that explains the decision that you've made and your next steps. It's through intercession that we bring people to Jesus. Intercession is the tool that God has given us to make change here and now, to make change in people's lives, even to make change in our own lives. These guys were committed to helping. You know what else we need between, besides the idea man, besides the innovator, besides the investor, besides the intercessor? We need to be immovable. We need to be immovable. When God has said that it's going to happen, when God set us on the assignment to do it, we need to fix ourselves and we need to become immovable. We need, when God says that we need to save the city of Troy, when God says that the, the cult across the street is going down, we need to set ourselves as immovable and we need to point our prayer cannons in that direction and say, God, take that cult down. God, save the city of Troy. God, save the city of Troy. And we need to not ever relent until we see the answer to God's prayer. 
I've told you this story before. There was a cult that was in the building across the street from our business. And we began to pray. We knew what was going on there, sort of. We had heard rumors. And we began to pray. And so every single day when I would walk across the front of the nursery, I would see that place across the, across the street, and I would just pray. And for years we prayed, eight years, ten years. I don't even know how long it was. We prayed. And what happened? The founder is now in prison. He's now in prison. The whole thing folded up. It's gone. The building's for sale. They're looking to, to sell it. The cult's gone. It, God just didn't move it. Watch, God didn't just move it. He destroyed it. He broke it up. It is no more. And so God's given us a new assignment. This, the, the new assignment is save Troy. And so we just set ourselves as prayer targets, as prayer cannons. We point our prayer cannons towards Troy. Every single time I drive down Hoosick Street, every single time I drive up Hoosick Street, every time I drive across the Collar City Bridge, every time I'm coming down Route 7 and I can see Troy ahead of me, God save the city of Troy. God save the city of Troy. God save the city of Troy. As I walk through the streets, God, peace in this city. God, begin to draw people to you. We will bathe this thing in prayer and it will happen. God will save the city. Why? Because we are people who are immovable. We are intercessors. We've got great ideas that come from God. We're willing to invest in the kingdom and we're innovative. We're going we're gonna to do something that nobody expected and it's going to work. You can be any one of these four people. You can be all four of these people at the same time. You may need to help somebody, and you may be the idea guy and the innovator and the investor and the intercessor, all for one person. Sometimes we just need to help. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says this. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the, of the household of faith. And so there's a lot of different commands throughout the Bible that we could find that talk about the fact that we should be helping one another. We should be helping one another. As a matter of fact, one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of helps, the gift to help others. But you don't have to have the gift of helps in order to help people. You don't have to have the gift of helps in order to help. You can just help. And we should just help. We said the same thing. You don't have to have the gift of evangelism in order to tell somebody about Jesus. Jesus didn't say to the evangelists to tell somebody about Jesus. He said to every Christian that you should tell somebody about Jesus. He didn't just say to the people with the gifts of help that you should help somebody. He said to the entire church, hey, go help somebody. We all need to be involved in this process. And I'm not saying that we, we each can help everyone, but we all should be helping someone. And so there's a lot of different areas that we need help. You know, and just to mention a few, a few of the most common, financial. Sometimes we need financial help. And so my wife and I have been on both sides of this. When we were uh, young, married, four kids in three and a half years, uh, kids are expensive, I wasn't earning what I needed to be earning, and so our funds were short. And so we were in need of finances. And time and time again, uh, we were just blessed. People gave us new washing machines and new dryers. People gave us uh, $1,000 around Christmas time to buy gifts for the kids. Uh, people gave us uh, all kinds of stuff, 
new stuff, used stuff. We were constantly on the receiving end. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. Thank God for Christians that God put in our life. And then when things turned around for us, we got on the other side of that. We became a blessing for others. One of the things that we like to do is we like to, we like to throw money at people that are going on mission trips. We love to do that. So we, we know somebody that's going on a mission trip. We're like, here, we want to we wanna sow into that. We want to we pay to help you to go. Somebody's going to Guatemala. Hey, you need, you need some? Here, boom. You're going to Kenya? Here, you need some? I want to help. I want to help. We can't pay the whole thing, but we can help. And so we constantly began to help. We began to help. And so we see people in need. Even before, even, even personally, we'll, we'll sow into somebody's life. Number two, accountability. We should all always be on both sides of helping one another to be accountable. What does that mean? Come next week. Uh, Jamie's going to be preaching next week. He's going to be talking about accountability, how we help one another through accountability. It's not just keeping people, uh, it's not just keeping one another uh, accountable with sin. There's much more to the thing of accountability, and we're going to work on that next week. We're going to talk about that next week. A lot of times we need, what else, what, are, what else can we need help with? We can need help with healing. Sometimes we need healing in our bodies, and sometimes we need somebody else to pray for us. We need somebody else's faith to come alongside of us. When, when, when I take my faith and I add it to your faith and I add it to, to their faith and their faith comes together, God moves, people are healed. And so oftentimes we will be on one side or the other of the healing issue. We need healing. And we can help one another to achieve healing in Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we need a friend. Sometimes the help we need is just to be a friend, just to have a friend. And so we should be friends with one another. How do you be friends with people? Be friendly. You know, hey, take somebody out to coffee. Just get together with somebody and listen to the, how they, listen to, to what's going on in their life. And so... The issue many times that we find in trying to find a friend is that we're so starved from friendship that the moment that we get into a friendly situation, we begin to unload and we only tell our side and we're not listening to the other side. It needs to go both ways. Friendship needs to go both ways. It needs to be a 50-50. If it's a 75-25, the other person's going to the person that's, that's only sharing the 25 is going to leave and be like, man, I can't do that relationship. And so we need to be careful when we go in that we don't overload the person who's listening. Am I making sense? Sometimes we need help with work. Sometimes we just need help. Sometimes we need help with, you know, uh, just the housework or the yard work or whatever. It's very humbling there were times uh, when we used to run our nursery where we would get behind. I remember one time uh, my wife called and had her grandmother, Ruby, and Gino come over to help pot mums because we got behind because who knows what happened. I don't know. We could have gotten extended on a landscape job or something. And I didn't want her to call. And I was upset when she called. And I had problem accepting their help because of pride, because of vainglory. What are they going to think of me? I had trouble, but we accepted their help. And so here's two, 
80-year-olds, I think they were, potting moms. And I'm like, man, thank God. Thank God for a godly wife who's willing to <laughs> call in the recruits when I, don't ha- when I have too much pride to do it. We all need help. Sometimes we need help with work. Sometimes we can help someone else with work. Sometimes we need help with the kids. We had four kids. They were all close. We know what it's like to need help with the kids. So maybe you need help. Maybe you can help somebody with some kids. Maybe uh, you need help with the kids. It's good stuff. Sometimes we just need somebody to listen, and it's a great help. Sometimes we just need somebody to listen, and it's a great help. We need somebody to listen. As a pastor, I'm well acquainted with the fact that people want to be heard. They want to be listened to, but they want to know that they're heard. And so sometimes as what we can do to help, what you can do to help is just be available to listen. But you have to listen. You can't just let them talk. You have to actually listen to what they're saying. And you don't have to have the answers We don't have to have the answers. We know the person who does. Jesus has the answers. It's just about listening and hearing. Listen, I understand. I understand. I hear what you're going through, and that can't be easy. And I don't have the answer, but I know who does. It's Jesus. Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray, and we're going to get the answer together. And so let me encourage you just one more time. Let's help one another. Let's be the church. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Let us help everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith, especially those who are in the church. And so let's help. Let's be a help, right? Let's, let's make the decision today that we're going to help. And so really all it takes is that decision. As soon as you decide, watch this, as soon as you decide that you're going to help, there'll be opportunities all around you. There'll be opportunities in front of your eyes everywhere as you look. Oh, I could, I, you know what? That person probably would love to go out to lunch. You know what? That person might need to be listened to. You know what? I, I was just talking with this person, and they're like, I'm good, I've got this job to do around the house, and I don't know. It's too much for me. Maybe you can go and help. You know what? I got this. I got that. I got this. You're going to... As soon as you make yourself available to help, there's going to be people that need help. They're actually already there. You're just not seeing them. On your Engage card, there's two points. It says, this week I will accept someone's help. And so listen, can we all get over ourselves? And can, and can we all accept help? I know it's hard. It's hard for me, you know, um, I was always taught to work hard. We do work hard. But then we get into this pride thing where I should have done this on my own. Well, yeah, you should have, but you didn't. And now it really needs to be done. So let's get some help and do it together. You've got to accept help. Just the other day, uh, one of the kids came over and they were like, hey, can we help? And it was me or my wife. We're like, no, we're good. And then, no, just yeah, we'll take some help. Cut up the oranges so that, you know, we don't have, that's one just, it's going to save me two minutes and we'll get there on time rather than being five minutes late. Praise the Lord. We, we need to learn to accept help. And even as 
long as I've been dealing with this, we still deal with it every day. And then this week, I will give help. This week, I'm going to make it an effort, make a point to help someone. So check one of those two boxes or both of those boxes if, if the Lord's speaking to you to do that. And then I'll say this. God doesn't have to speak to you to know that you need to help. If God shows you that somebody needs help, help. If God reveals to you that somebody needs help, that's God telling you to help. <laughs> when you see that somebody needs help and you're able to help, that's God telling you to help. Let's pray. We're going to have Allison come and receive the offering today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the body. God, where would we be without the body of Christ? God, we thank you for uh, helping one another. We thank you for the help that comes. God, we thank you that in our time of need, you bring others to help. And God, we thank you that you give us the strength and the ability and the resources to help others. God, I pray this week that we would accept help and that we would be help for those who need it. God, let us be a blessing this week as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.